Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM640. You're listening to Wake Up Call. On demand on the iHeartRadio app. It's time for your morning wake-up call. Here's Jason Middleton. your wake-up call for Tuesday, July 4th. I looked on the calendar, can't figure out what today is special for, so we're going to get through the rest of the show and see if something pops up. First, some headlines coming out of the newsroom. Five people are now dead and two children injured after a mass shooting in Philadelphia. Police say six people were shot in the attack. More on this in just a minute. Authorities are calling the deaths of six people in a South Carolina house fire home homicide. One surviving victim was found in critical condition. A 33-year-old man is in custody. And travelers are still dealing with issues at airports as we head into the 4th of July. Flight Aware reports around 300 flights have been delayed already this morning. Nearly 200 flights have been canceled across the country as well. And some other stories coming out of this morning's newsroom. Five men have been killed in a shooting in Philadelphia. Two boys, ages 2 and 13, were injured in the shooting last Monday night. Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw. Daniel Outlaw says the shooter was arrested. This male was wearing a bulletproof vest with multiple magazines in the vest. He also had a scanner and an AR-style rifle and a handgun. She says investigators are trying to find out, figure out why the man targeted innocent people. And some pet owners on the East Coast had their dogs' backs in a couple of bear fights. Over the weekend, two dog owners, both over 60, fought back at black bears after their dogs were chased on their properties. The first was in Maine on Friday when a woman punched a bear in the nose after a bear was chasing her dog near her home. The bear bit her hand for her trouble and then ran away, according to the Maine Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife. The second incident was on Saturday when a man in Connecticut was hurt fighting off a bear when his dog started chasing it as the bear was attracted to bird feeders. Wildlife experts say the best way to stay safe in a black bear attack is to fight back. Brian Berman, KFI News. If Cal Fire could get pay raises for life. A bill that would allow for automatic raises is making its way through the state legislature. Cal Fire Union President Tim Edwards says a starting firefighter's hourly rate is $15.56 compared to the rate of $22 an hour at Target and In-N-Out. If passed, salaries for Cal Fire employees would move to within 15% of the top 20 highest paying fire departments in California. And the union would no longer have to negotiate rates of pay with the governor's office. The CHP has had automatic raises for years. Steve Gregory, KFI News. Well, the first topic for today on Wake Up Call is July 4th related with the fireworks. But 
If it has fire in the story angle, it means we uh, have to have the LAFD on because they know the best. David Ortiz is one of LAFD's public information officers, also known as a PIO. Please tell all of LAFD, uh, thank you so much for everything they have to do this week. It's a heavy lift for sure. It's a heavy summer, but particularly uh, I know when the PIOs go out, it's kind of a big deal. What is the main thing people want to talk with you about this week? Um, the big message that we are getting out this week is fireworks, fireworks safety, and the hazard that fireworks uh, pose to our neighborhoods. All right, well, let's start uh, with just an example. Long Beach, you can't have any fireworks. All fireworks are illegal in Long Beach. Would you guys like to see that happen across Los Angeles? Well, that is the law in the majority of municipalities throughout the county of Los Angeles. About 76 out of the 88 municipalities in Los Angeles counties have outlawed any type of fireworks, even those that are called safe and sane. So there are a few small cities in the county of Los Angeles that you can purchase these supposedly safe and sane fireworks, but it is illegal to bring them into the other 76 cities, including the city of Los Angeles, including city of Long Beach. Um, it is illegal. And the reason is these are not toys. These are not safe for children. And we're trying to protect our communities and change the culture where people still see these fireworks as toys. So, David, what if I see a neighbor who hasn't gotten the message and decides he wants to blow off a, f a couple of fireworks, especially when it's 100, been 100 degrees for a few days in a row? What should I do? Well, the message that we're getting out to the folks is that fireworks are illegal. Um, obviously, the law enforcement agencies have their hands full. Um, you just have to go outside of Fourth of July and look at the Los Angeles skyline and see all these fireworks that are aerial shows. All these fireworks are illegal in the state of California, period. Any aerial firework is illegal in the entire state. Even in areas where they do sell safe, safe and sane fireworks, aerial fireworks are illegal. And the reason is you cannot control where they land. They can land on your property. They can land on, on a gas station. They start dozens of rubbish fires. They start dozens of tree fires. And the fire department it runs around, runs their wheels off on the 4th of July trying to catch up. Um, we do encourage the public to let law enforcement know that, you know, your neighbors are using these. But the main thing that we worry about is the people that are selling these. The, these fireworks are stored in manner that is not safe in garages that reach very high temperatures that are not well ventilated. And just a couple of years ago, we saw Ontario. They had a very large explosion where two people perished, and the whole neighborhood got rained on debris from this fireworks garage full of fireworks that exploded. And that's just one example that, unfortunately, these um, people that are selling them out of their garages are not trained, are not certified, are not licensed, and it's a hazard to communities. Not only are they a menace, not only are they a danger, but they also cause injuries. Every year in the United States, there's thousands of children, especially young children under the age of four, who uh, receive permanent injury from fireworks, blowing off fingers, blowing off um, or burning themselves. And um, we, we just had a press conference last Friday where a brave young little girl, age 12 at the time, a year ago, who lost most of her fingers 
on her left hand because she thought this was just a smoke bomb. And unfortunately, uh, she was wrong. And, um, yeah, we, we see these injuries, um, you know, children running around with little sparklers that, you know, their heat is 1,000 degrees. One touch of these sparklers into another toddler's eyes or their own eyes, and they, you know, they lose an eye uh, immediately. So there's no forgiveness. They explode very quickly, quicker than any human can react or get out of the way. And there's no forgiveness. The only reason why they continue to be sold here in California is because it's a tradition of a, of a small group of people whose livelihood depends on um, selling fireworks every season. Wow. So I feel for these people that, you know, they make their living off of selling fireworks, but unfortunately it's it's not safe. It is not safe for our communities. It is not safe for our neighborhoods. We just had a winter with a lot of grass in the hills. It's all dried out. It's prime for any spark to start a brush fire. Yeah, I know. Um, that's a tough anecdote about that poor girl. We're speaking with David Ortiz. He's a public information officer with Los Angeles Fire Department. Let's talk about the four-legged friends that we have. I know my puppy at home is not a fan of fireworks. What do you have on that one? Yeah, number one day for animal services to receive um, lost animals that many times are not reunited with their families. And unfortunately, a lot of these animals are going to have to be put down because they they run out of room to, to keep them in uh, animal shelters. And so, yeah, they get a lot of animals that run away from home, horrified of the, the sounds. But even worse is our veterans, our veterans that mm-hmm. came back from fighting in Iraq, came back from fighting in Afghanistan, and a lot of them suffer from PTSD. They get to relive the horrors of war once again on the 4th of July when people are shooting off fireworks. And there are even people who shoot their guns into the air in in many areas uh, on the 4th of July. Those bullets are coming down somewhere. And we at the fire station, actually, we actually stay in the fire station as much as possible to avoid these falling um, rounds that come down in the neighborhoods. David, thank you so much for uh, raising awareness this morning. I do hope you have a good, festive, and safe 4th of July celebration. Uh, We've been speaking with David Ortiz. He's uh, LAFD's public information officer. Thanks again, David. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Now, another one for July 4th. More than one in three Americans don't know exactly what the 4th of July commemorates. The signing of the Declaration of Independence back in 1776. That's according to a survey out from one poll which quizzed a 1,000 people who identified as Americans on their knowledge of civics and history. A couple quick stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Before we go to break, a man in San Diego has admitted to hiding his mother's death for more than 30 years so he could collect benefits meant for her. Prosecutors say the man pleaded guilty last week to Social Security fraud and money laundering, which resulted in the theft of more than $830,000. He agreed to pay back the money and any fines and to give up the house he bought in his mother's name. Sentencing is set for September. And a 15-year-old boy has been attacked by a shark while surfing in Fire Island, New York. Police say the shark bit the boy in the foot yesterday, but he was able to swim back to shore. They say his heel and toes were intact, and he was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. Park officials say they are um, increasing drone patrols over local beaches ahead of the busy summer season. The strike by thousands of hotel service workers during one of the busiest holiday periods of the year continues without any sign of progress. Members of Unite Here Local 11 began striking this past weekend at more than a dozen hotels in L.A. and Santa Monica after their contract expired. The Dodgers have placed their ace on the injured list. L.A. has moved Clayton Kershaw to the 15-day 
injured list because of left shoulder soreness just before the All-Star break. If a bear's in the woods, fly over it and leave it alone. That's how the San Bernardino County Fire Department reacted after 911 calls yesterday from Mount Baldy. No humans were involved in the interaction. At the bottom of the hour, former Olympic gymnast and medal winner Shannon Miller is going to join us. We'll talk about the recent Simone Biles announcement to return to performing. We're also going to cover Shannon's own fight and defeat of a cancer diagnosis. Uh, right now, I wanted to do a whip around when it comes to um, business stuff because uh, the markets are off today, which gives us a chance to kind of reset. But uh, uh, there was enough news otherwise to really get going. Issue one. Now, some Twitter and anti-Twitter news, and that's an excuse to use a little music bed, too. Meta, Facebook's parent company, is launching its answer to Twitter threads. The Facebook and Instagram parent company teased its microblogging app yesterday by putting it up for pre-order on the Apple App Store ahead of its U.S. release this Thursday and its worldwide release the following day. There's no better time for an app to be taken on Twitter, let's be honest. Ever since Elon Musk's controversial takeover of Twitter back in October of 2022. Oh, man. Is that a dog year? The platform has seen an exodus, to say the least. I've referred to it on several shows as a dumpster fire and a diaspora. Rivals like Mastodon, Hive Social, and others have managed to lure some Twitter users to their platforms, especially after Musk ordered unpopular changes, such as the purge of those unpaid blue ticks that some celebrities push back against, as well as other you know, power users, and the devaluation of content moderation, which changes the tenor of the conversation period on Twitter. Now, this week, after Twitter, Twitter set tweet viewing limits, Blue Sky, which is a decentralized Twitter-like social network built by former Twitter employees after Musk's mass layoffs, was overwhelmed despite invite code-only signups and had to pause registrations. I am on Blue Sky. It's still in beta. I, If you can get a code to get in, go ahead and do it. I've been testing it for a few months, and it's worth it. The tenor of conversation is better. The feed is more reliable. As far as a platform goes, it's more stable. What's not mentioned here is actually Blue Sky was being uh, what they call dog-fooded um, in, within Twitter while Twitter was still Jack Dorsey's company before it was sold to Elon Musk for that buyout. So this, is, this was kind of an existing project that exited when uh, all the mass layoffs happened, but it already started within Twitter at the time. It looked like it was maybe going to be built as a version 3.0 of Twitter after the Twitter went from, well, increased its character count. Now, this is a more traditional type of meta story. Greta Gerwig's Barbie opens globally July 21st, but not in Vietnam because of disagreements over a line, a demarcation, a geopolitical reason. First, a quick scene setter. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. Yeah. Do you guys ever think about dying? But Barbie is far from the only film to be banned over the Nine Dash line. That's what it's called. That first appeared back in 1947. This is when China drew a line geopolitically in the waters around South China Sea to say this is what is our territory. And it was pushed back against back in uh, 1947 up till now. In July 2016, China was told that the line could not be used to state claims to parts of the South China Sea. That's a reiteration of a previous warning. And this is mostly about Taiwan, of course. China uh, does reject the ruling from The Hague. As for banned films, September 2018, Crazy Rich Asians was delayed until several edits were made. 
In October of 2019, the animated film Abominable ran for a week before being pulled. There was a map in the film that China objected to. This exact nine-dash line map appeared in a scene, and it had to be pulled. In June of 2021, Netflix pulls Pine Gap from Vietnam because it also showed the nine-dash map within the film. And the Philippines pulled Pine Gap in November of 2021. And then in March of 2022, Uncharted, that starred Tom Holland, is pulled for the same objection to the nine-dash map being shown. No bueno. If you're China, you can't show that in anything. And Barbie is the most recent victim of the nine-dash line demarcation. Also, geopolitically speaking, the trade war with China may not be top of my news, but things are starting to speed up with literally new laws and rules of engagement, not only for business people who want to do business in China, but any American headed to China. The U.S. on Friday warned about a new Chinese counter-espionage law that became law on Saturday, saying American and other foreign companies in the country could face penalties from Chinese authorities for regular business activities, just regular doing business, SOP stuff. Chinese lawmakers this year passed that wide-ranging update to Beijing's anti-espionage legislation. It goes into effect, of course, over the weekend, now banning the transfer of any information related to national security and broadening the definition of spying overall. That could be a Zoom meeting based in China. The U.S. is recommending Americans reconsider traveling to China, period. The State Department, in an updated advisory, said there's a risk of wrongful detention and that U.S. citizens could be detained without access to U.S. consular services or information about their alleged crime. The State Department even went so far as to say, even if you live in a U.S. state where marijuana is legal, don't do that 30 days before you travel there because any kind of, uh, any kind of testing can be used under this law. Let's get some more news coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Now, the restaurant John and Vinny's has added a note to the end of customer bills regarding its 18% service fee following a lawsuit filed by former servers two weeks ago. The workers say the restaurant denied them tips and shortchanged them, violating state gratuity laws. The uh, added that the note, the note clarifies the service fee is not a tip, but some servers say even though the language is clearer, it has not made a difference with some customers writing included in the tip line and others expressing frustration about the fee and where it goes. Three more racehorses have died from racing or training injuries at tracks in Southern California. Officials say one of the deaths happened at Los Alamitos and two at Santa Anita, and which make 11 deaths at that track so far this year. The state horse racing board says analysis shows that out of California's three busiest tracks, Santa Anita is the deadliest. At least 10 Palestinians in the occupied West Bank have been killed in a large-scale Israeli military operation and drone attack. More than 2,000 troops were sent to the Jenin refugee camp yesterday to uncover weapons and explosives. Doctors Without Borders say at least 48 people have been killed this year in Israeli defense raids on the camp. The group has also accused Israel of blocking access to patients. The L.A. City Fire Department says the elderly should take special care during a heat wave. People over the age of 65 are at the highest risk for heat-related emergencies. The department's Margaret Stewart says dehydration can cause heat exhaustion or heat stroke. So be consistently drinking. If you are thirsty, then you're already dehydrated. She says if you don't have air conditioning, you can visit cooling centers to beat the heat. You can think libraries, senior centers, park facilities. People can visit the city of L.A.'s website to find resources close by to help them stay cool. In L.A., Chris Adler, KFI News.
OC Animal Care says pets could run off because they're afraid of fireworks. The shelter's Jackie Tran says it's best to tire dogs out by playing with them or running them around before dark. Going for a long walk will really help them release all of that energy before the fireworks shows begin so that way they're not stressed when it's happening. Tran says people should also make sure that pets tags and microchips have the most updated contact information in case they do escape. A window and door business in Riverside is recovering after a homeless woman allegedly burned the place down. Majestic Windows and Doors owner Sherry Gillette says her business and others have been dealing with issues from homeless people daily. And the police have a lot more important things to worry about than, you know, homeless people or people on drugs that are, you know, running around in your parking lot naked. So it's very frustrating. The homeless woman was arrested last month. She was seen on video throwing lit rags soaked in hand sanitizer through a window. All of the business's equipment and inventory went up in flames. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department has opened a use of force investigation in connection with two people detained after a grocery store robbery in Lancaster. A witness recorded the encounter June 24th on video. The deputies have been reassigned during the investigation. Sheriff Robert Luna says the department will release body-worn camera video from the encounter. Walgreens is expecting to close 150 stores in the U.S. and 300 stores in the U.K. Walgreens CFO announced the closings during an earnings call last week. The company, based in Chicago, operates nearly 9,000 stores in the U.S. CNN reports Walgreens will start closing stores next August. USA Today says it's unclear which stores are closing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And competitive eater Joey Chestnut will try to break his own record at the annual Nathan's Famous Fourth of July hot dog eating contest on Coney Island. I'm going to be sweating. It's not going to be pretty, but uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get those dogs down. His record is 76 hot dogs and buns eaten in 2021. On the women's side, eight-time champ Mickey Sudo will try and defend her title after eating 40 dogs and buns last year. Contestants get 10 minutes to scarf all they can, and the winners each get $10,000. Five people are now dead and two children injured after a mass shooting in Philadelphia. Police say yesterday's attack was carried out at multiple locations. The suspected gunman is in custody and is described as a man with an AR-style rifle, a handgun, multiple magazines, body armor, and a police scanner. The IRS says you may have an unclaimed tax refund. To get it, you have to file a return for your 2019 taxes, but you have until July 17th. The average unclaimed refund is about 900 bucks. The U.S. is recommending Americans reconsider traveling to China, period. The State Department, in an updated advisory, says there's a risk of wrongful detention and U.S. citizens could be detained without access to U.S. consular services or information about their alleged crime. And then coming up a little bit later this hour, we are going to have uh, Maggie McKay on. And we're going to talk about vidiots. And if you've lived in L.A. for a while or come and gone, uh, Vidiots was in Santa Monica for a long, long time, and then it went away right around COVID, and then it came back, and now it's in Eagle Rock. So we're going to talk with her about their new initiative as being a neighborhood anchor. But right now on Wake Up Call, Olympic medalist and gymnast Shannon Miller is going to join us. Shannon is a cancer survivor and a spokesperson for cancer awareness. 
June was Cancer Prevention Month, so Shannon's going to discuss cancer prevention, of course. But we're also going to talk about active gymnast and Olympic hero Simone Biles. Welcome in, Shannon, and thank you for giving us some time. I definitely want to talk about the cancer survivor. Uh, it's a fascinating story, and I want to get your take on it. But uh, I kind of want to lead a little bit because you're such a decorated Olympic athlete, and we have a little bit of Olympian news happening recently, and that's Simone Biles. <laughs> um, and I was told it'd be okay if I mentioned or asked you about that. Um, she is going to return to competition. Are you surprised by that? I, you know, I don't know that I'm surprised as an Olympic athlete that went back for a second and even tried for a third. You know, something just about the sport that you love pulls you back. But Simone is obviously super talented, and it'll be a lot of fun to see her out competing again. It's going to be a really exciting year leading up to and through the 2024 Games because not only do you have Simone, but you have some of our collegiate athletes that have been inspired to return to elite, like Jordan Childs, uh, current Olympic champion, Suni Lee, You've got Olympic floor champion Jay Carey and 2012 Olympic champion Gabby Douglas. So those are just some of the previous Olympians. And then you add to that the world medalists and the upcoming talent. And it's going to be a crazy year of gymnastics. Right on. Um, One more quick Olympics question. It's about you, though. After you competed, do you ever go back? Do you go back to Olympics to see competition or do you stay at home like the rest of us and watch it on television? Interesting. So after my first two Olympics in 1992 and 1996, I actually started working the Olympics as an analyst or commentator. So I've worked uh, every Olympic Games, every Summer Olympic Games since I stopped competing. So it's been a lot of fun. I get that up close and personal view of the Olympic Games and there's just nothing like it. I love it. Well, thanks for that insight. That's very cool. Now let's get into what we are here to really talk about, which of course is National Cancer Survivors Month. You yourself, as you mentioned at the very top, are a survivor of cancer. Uh, Let's start with your story. Uh, How were you diagnosed and and what was the process? And and then I guess we'll get into like what you had to do after that. So in late 2010, you know, there was, I, I was an Olympic athlete, a gold medalist, and I wasn't thinking that much about whether or not I was healthy. But I was busy. I was a new mom. Uh, I was I was young. And toward the end of the year, I just was crazy busy and called up to cancel my doctor's appointment because I felt healthy. And thankfully, I didn't skip it. I went in and it was that morning that my doctor found a baseball size cyst on my left ovary. And after surgery, I learned that it was ovarian cancer. But I would say I got very lucky. Uh, they caught it early. And after an aggressive chemotherapy, I am... 12 years cancer free and that's one of the reasons I'm I'm here talking about this and teaming up with Aflac to really get the word out and to encourage others to get to those wellness visits. I don't want others to leave their health up to luck like I did. Right. Okay. There's a couple of places we could go. Let's go to the pandemic recently. Have you seen or have you been informed or did you just anecdotally know that the pandemic maybe had people not going to the doctor as much? And as your case is so emblematic, it's early detection is critical. Early detection is critical, and there's so many reasons why we skip doctor's appointments. I mean, there just are, whether it's um, financial or pandemic or lack of awareness. Um, the Athletic Wellness Matter survey found that people were skipping their appointments. One in four, in fact, were skipping appointments because they felt healthy. Some don't want to hear bad news. We don't have the time. It conflicts with our work schedule. I mean, the list goes on and on. We don't like those paper gowns you have to sit in. <laughs> True. So, There's all of these reasons why we don't go. Um, I think 
my focus and hopefully sharing my story will help others see that we just have to make our health a priority. We have to cut through all of the excuses and get in there because our health is not going to wait. Cancer doesn't care that you're busy. It doesn't care how young you are. It doesn't care how many gold medals you have. Um, We have to be on top of that. And one way that we can fight cancer is by early detection. And that means getting to those regular exams and screenings. We've been speaking with Shannon Miller, Olympic gold medalist, cancer survivor. Thank you so much for giving us some time and some context around National Cancer Survivors Month, as well as your own story. Very much appreciated. Absolutely. Thank you so much for covering this. It's such an important topic. And a reminder, we will have links in the show notes for uh, data and other places you can look for more information about getting your own screening, because as Shannon just said, early detection is critical. I'm going to put those show notes up on my show page, kfiam640.com slash macro. And to clarify, which we kind of threaded the needle with this one because February of this year was Cancer Prevention Month. October is Cancer Awareness Month. So we're right, we're right in the middle there, just keeping, the, uh, keeping that needle moving on awareness when it comes to cancer. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Police in Philadelphia have arrested a man accused of killing five people and injuring two others. Police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw says they're trying to figure out why the man shot innocent people last night, including two kids. At this point, we don't see a connection to any of the victims and and the shooter. So we're still trying to piece it together. She says a second person who may have picked up a gun and returned fire was also taken into custody. Police in Riverside have arrested a homeless woman accused of burning down a window and door business. The alleged arsonist was caught on video throwing lit rags soaked in hand sanitizer through a window at Majestic Windows and Doors. Owner Sharon Gillette says the city is not doing enough for small businesses and preventing issues from homeless people. This is fire. This is worst case scenario. But before this, it's the constant urination, the defecation on your front doorstep. It's the tagging on the buildings. Gillette says all of her inventory and equipment burned up in the attack last month. Investigators say the homeless woman confessed to the arson. Blake Trolley, KFI News. Okay, officials say fireworks are not going to be the only thing lighting up the night sky. The first supermoon of the summer is making an appearance for the fourth. The Old Farmer's Almanac says the moon is much brighter and about 7% bigger than other full moons. And if you miss it, you'll have three more chances to see it. August 1st and August 30th and September 28th. I got to look in to see what that meant in folklore and things like that. Students at Stanford University will get a chance to deep dive into Taylor Swift's music career. The class is called The Last Great American Songwriter, storytelling with Taylor Swift through the eras. It'll be taught by Stanford student Ava Jeffs, and will examine the singer's songwriting through her 10 albums. Jeffs is already teasing a week-by-week breakdown of the course on her TikTok page. She created her own syllabus and reached out to nearly every professor in the English department until she found one to serve as a sponsor to help ensure the academic integrity of the class and its grading. Sandy Wells, KFI News. Elon Musk says he's trying to be ahead of the game by limiting the number of posts users can read per day. He says bots are trying to get valuable information from the social media platform. Forrester, Vice President and Research Director Mike Prue says Musk is taking another risk. Advertisers care about reach and engagement. Twitter, in this case, is moving in the exact opposite direction. Unverified users were told over the weekend they can only skim 600 posts a day and new unverified accounts can only read 300 Verified users get 6,000, and the new CEO at Twitter has no comment just yet. A project management firm in Australia has sued Twitter for allegedly not paying its bills for work done in four countries. The company filed the suit in California last week, claiming breach of contract 
over Twitter's failure to pay its invoices. Court filings show the company is seeking payments of about $665,000. Travelers are still dealing with issues at airports as we head into the 4th of July and into this morning. FlightAware reports around 300 flights have been delayed already. Nearly 200 flights have been canceled across the country, and it's 5.50 in the morning Pacific. 5.50. And we have Maggie McKay with us this morning. She's a founding partner and managing executive from Vidiots with a V. That's a locally legendary video store that's first opened in 1984 in Santa Monica, then a brief operational respite, and now Vidiots has reopened in Eagle Rock, this time in a 94-year-old movie theater. Hi, Maggie. Thank you so much for giving us some time. I'm in love with the Vidiots. I did not live in Los Angeles long enough to understand the cultural landmark status that Vidiots had. So maybe you could start with giving us some context around that. You've just relaunched after a closing. If you could just give us a bit of a timeline. Sure. So we opened in 1985. Our founders, Patty Pollinger and Kathy Tauber, have really made such an enormous impact through Vidiots, film going in Los Angeles and film loving in Los Angeles. They opened in 85 with 800 tapes because they saw a gap in the culture and they wanted to be able to watch movies that they at that time were not getting their own access to. They also really wanted to create a community hub in Los Angeles. They wanted to have a space where people could come in, hang out, get to know each other, talk about the thing that they had in common, which, of course, in our case is film. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that was in Santa Monica back in the day. Now you've reopened, and that's what I've visited in Eagle Rock a couple of times now. My daughter came with me both times. She's finding stuff that she can get. You guys have expanded beyond the 800 titles, you know, that they started with back in the day. Tell us about your new digs. Oh, love to. So we're now 60,000 titles on DVD and Blu-ray. We expanded radically over the course of now about 38 years. We closed our brick and mortar in 2017 when it just became infeasible to stay in Santa Monica in the footprint that we were in in our landmark building. So we started looking for a new place where we could both reopen the video store, but also create a space that would be financially sustainable. So it was the, always a plan to expand videos to include new revenue streams and figure out how do we maintain access to the video store in the 2020s and still have a financially sustainable model. And of course, that came in finding the Eagle Theater, which was a historic theater, is a historic theater in Eagle Rock, which ran from 1929 until 2000 when the projectors turned off and it became a church. The space that we're in now allows us to greatly expand both our um, influence, our ability to serve audiences with the theater and flexible micro cinema and community space, and of course, the video store. The flexible micro cinema is very intriguing to me. And first of all, it doesn't look flexible. I know that you can adjust it, but when you're there, it feels very permanent. It feels very cool. And the lobby area reminds me of an old school theater, a movie house. Yes. So the lobby area is, it is an old school movie house. Again, it opened in 1929 and we made some pretty significant changes to the building, but they're mostly structural and we are designers with architecture. They did such a good job of 
really making our new lobby, which back in the day was really just a hallway. The theater was about a 900-seat theater, and the lobby wasn't really a lobby. It was like a hallway. We expanded that. We knew we needed a smaller screening space, but a much bigger uh, gathering space. And so the lobby now feels very sort of in keeping with the era of the theater, but that's all new construction. And we put a huge amount of resources into soundproofing and into bringing the technology up to where the standards are today. We also, as as far as the micro cinema you mentioned, we really wanted to have a space that the community could use both a sort of small black box theater. We have so many filmmakers on our side of town so many film critics and writers and industry folk who have historically been driving all the way to the West side to go to an award screening or to host a friends and family feedback screening. And we wanted to create that space for them. We also have a really amazing community of young film lovers and young people. We wanted to be able to host birthday parties and create a space where if our like beloved community members needed to have some kind of a meeting, they could do that there and do it affordably. And so the micro cinema, as much as it feels when the door is closed, like a really high end black box theater, when that movable door opens up, it really does create this incredible community space. We could even put you know, voting booths in on election day. It's a real flexible space. We've already had some events and parties in there that have been really lovely and joyful. You veered into the cultural uh, touchstone that I was going to ask about next, because when you have a retail development, you have what they call an anchor store. When you have a community development, you have like an anchor and you guys are helping provide that an existing and cool community in Eagle Rock. Now, I know you're buzzing really positive right now. You guys are seeing a lot of foot traffic and your shows are great. And hopefully the concessions are flying out there, too, because I know there's a profit margin involved with that. Not that you're looking for profit. Anyway, um, when when you were going through this process, did you run across any obstacles that you might want to share with somebody else who might be considering something similar to this? Did, Did you get any pushback from the city, from the county, from the state, things like that? So we had almost we really had unanimous support from and city entities like our neighborhood council, our chamber of commerce, and the EO Rock Association is another nonprofit organization that advocates for all kinds of great things in Eagle Rock. And we had very unanimous support in all those spaces. We definitely have encountered very serious challenges. We have a one neighbor in particular who was not particularly happy about our existence. And yeah, that's made things very difficult. We really exist only to serve the community. You mentioned profit. Certainly we have to run a sustainable business model, but you don't open a video store and a community run movie theater in 2023 to make money. You do it because you believe in the mission of it. And we're already seeing families bring their kids in for their first, very first movie in a movie theater. We're seeing and preteens who've really historically had nowhere community centric in Eagle Rock to go in a space that's really seven days a week open to the public. We see lots of kids hanging out in malls and parks and things like that, but we really, there hasn't historically been a space that's open to them seven days a week that's affordable, that they're welcome and safe in, that they can come and, you know, get a hit of 
like inspiration and feel that they're in a space that they belong. And so all of the obstacles, including a global pandemic, which for a 501c3 nonprofit made things incredibly challenging with fundraising, we have really overcome a lot of those obstacles and we're doing our absolute best to be very, very integrated into the neighborhood, be very thoughtful and mindful of our neighbors and take people, take care of people as best we can so that the theater is something that's wanted and used and appreciated by the neighbors. And honestly, for the most part, a lot of our customers, a lot of our audience members are actually people who are walking to the theater yeah. from their homes out of the neighborhood, which we expected and are really, really happy about. Yeah, it's a definitely a, a walkable neighborhood. On both of our visits, we came to visit you guys. Then we were like, hey, let's go down to Senior Fish and get something to eat. And then we came back. So, yes, it's very walkable. There's lots of stuff to experience and have fun with. We've been speaking with Maggie McKay. She's executive director at Vidiots. Uh, where can we guide people online to learn more about Vidiots and maybe some showtimes, et cetera? Please visit us at Vidiots, V-I-D-I-O-T-S, foundation.org. Yes, and that's where you can find all of our showtimes. We're screening movies seven days a week. You can find the hours of the video store and uh, our operations where you can come and have a glass of beer or wine, hang out with us, talk movies. A little bit of adult beverage, you know, if that's your scene. Absolutely. We have the best popcorn in town, so we've heard. (laughs) Okay, I'm coming back for that, too. Maggie, thank you so much for your time today. Hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. The lobby there is really fun, I have to say, and it is a a really cool old theater. They kept a lot of the bones. It's easy to navigate. Anyway, if you're into uh, cinema and you like the shiny discs because it has the commentary and special features, that's definitely the place to go with 60,000 titles. One quick story, weather, and then we get into Handle on the News with Wayne. Israel's defense ministry says the military operation against a refugee camp in the city of Janine is its biggest raid on the West Bank in more than 20 years. Some 3,000 Palestinians have fled and at least 10 have been killed since the incursion began yesterday. Israel, which claims to have arrested 120 suspects, says it's targeting terrorist infrastructure belonging to a Janine battalion. That's a militia. Palestinians accused Israel of a war crime. Israeli forces repeatedly raided Janine in the past year as violence flared in the region. We lead local. Live from the KFI 24-Hour Newsroom, I'm Jason Middleton. This has been your Wake Up Call. You've been listening to Wake Up Call. You know, you can always listen live on KFI AM 640, weekdays from 5 to 6 a.m. And anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.